0: Hello and welcome to the Geek Embassy Watches. This is our monthly roundtable where our ambassadors discuss what we've been watching in the past month and what we're looking forward to in the next four weeks. I'm your host, Dante Buccieri, and I'm apparently the dad of this podcast because I want to go ahead and get a document filled out, <laughs> even though I have the least parenting experience of anybody on this call.
1: Um, I just don't like being told what to do, Dad.
0: Hey, listen. What I want, Thor. Right? (laughs) Uh, And uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off there. I just want to finish the introduction. I'm here with my friends Regina McMenemy, Stephen Dunsman, Isabella Oliveira. How is everybody feeling this evening?
2: Loving the jokes already. Loving that we're starting out with the dad jokes.
0: Yeah, literal dad jokes.
2: <laughs> yes, literal dad jokes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so wonderful. Uh, so I'm punchy, audience. It's fine. We all pretty much just got home from work. Steven just put his kids to bed. So you're going to get a uh, delightful romp tonight. <laughs> As
2: always.
0: Uh, yep. You may notice that this is not your dad's TGE watches. Uh, no, we have started with a new format. We're trying something different. Uh, Because I came to the very bitter and harsh realization that uh, we are all adults, and we all have adult things and adult lives to deal with. And trying to stay current with things uh, just really wasn't quite working, and we were uh, getting really stressed out and sometimes going for a couple of months on end without uh, really being able to get anything together. So we're trying out something, kind of leaning into the whole, like, we're going to be late on things aspect, and hopefully we'll be able to... (laughs) get an entertaining product for you. And we're hoping this is going to be a little bit more sustainable for the future and make us a little bit more consistent in getting out some audio audio things to your earway, ear holes. Right? Yes. Audio waves to your ear holes. That's what I was trying to say. But then I, <laughs> then I forgot how to English.
1: Yeah, I was kind of worried for a minute. I was like, what exactly are you trying to say? I think um, my prediction – Um, I'm not going to make a bet because as everyone on this call knows, I'm not a betting man anymore, Um, is that we will probably all see things faster now just because the pressure's off. Right. So like, it'll just happen now. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: Because
1: that's the way that the universe works.
0: It is the way that the universe works. I mean, you know, I have to go ahead and, you know, just, Except the fact that, you know, like I, I'm a thirty five year old, like legally single man who has the ability to just go watch movies on opening weekend and you know, parents can't really do that. I'm like, uh, I have to go ahead and see the whims of uh of most of my co hosts. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, one much. of these one of these days, if when I ever become a father. Like I'm sure that I will understand. But <laughs>
1: I mean, the reality is you understand it now. It's just right. you don't have to experience it. Right. You know what I, I mean? mean? Like, you get
0: yeah. it. I mean, you know, like, I, I get it in a tangential way in that, like, I academically understand what these things, uh, how these things uh, can impress themselves on your lives. Um the the woman. These
2: things s- being like the small humans that we've made.
0: Yes, the tiny the tiny humans that okay. uh, you know, that that have been procured from your flesh right. and <laughs> that, like plopped and you know and animated from clay. I I am told that this is how it works. It's <laughs> not, but By whatever. Side. It's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. Listen, <laughs> um, I wonder that that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if that if
1: that's how we get more a uh, uh, more Wonder Woman then let's just get lots of clay and make more of that right, right cuz we're yeah. going to get like you know we got another movie coming this year
0: yeah. that's very very, very, very exciting uh so yeah like i am actually i actually am seriously though getting like some sort of experience like i'm not going to say like it's any real experience but i'm getting more firsthand experience the uh the woman that i'm dating right now has an 11 year old daughter and 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 just the, just seeing it firsthand with someone that i'm interacting with every day it is it is fascinating to see like now that i have like a little bit more of a personal investment yeah. in uh in this thing it's yeah. uh like, and again, like not gonna, I'm not. I'm not going to say like it is anything close to real parenting experience. It's just like I'm. I'm getting parenting
2: like, adjacent. To
0: like uh, uh, yeah, I'm getting more of the uh, more of like like the actual like I don't know a vision into what real-life parenting looks like, as opposed to the academic understanding of, like, oh, hey, look at that, tiny humans, they need to eat every so often, you know, <laughs> you know, like, go to sleep at a reasonable hour of the night. Mm-hmm. Anyways, like, you've been listening to the Geek Embassy Parenting Cast. I know. <laughs> so we're going to jump right in. Uh, first, we're going to be chatting about things that we have been watching over the last month. Uh, It is currently the end of January, um, and we're going to cheat a little bit because uh, this first item that we're going to be chatting about came out uh, in December. And every last one of us just kind of scrambled for a Disney Plus subscription. It's the only reason that anybody scrambled for a Disney Plus subscription in December. (laughs) It was not to go ahead and see the backlog of Pixar movies. It was to see the Baby Yoda fun half hour.
1: Aka yes.
0: the Mandalorian. <laughs> so, uh, this is the show that, like, unless you've been living underneath a rock or inside a Sarlacc pit, like, you had to have heard of the Mandalorian in the last six to eight weeks or so. And well, and
2: seen pictures of the new king of the internet.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be real here. Like, Baby Yoda is the new cat of the yes. internet.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, there is no, there is nothing else now. There's just Baby Yoda.
0: I mean, and yes, yes. Before you go to the comment section, yes, we know it's not actually Yoda. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's like you it's- know,
1: our do we know? Do we know? Because like I wouldn't. I mean, the timeline. I we mean, do. I, well,
3: it's, it's the timeline is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: but everything's can't be broken. Baby Yoda, because I don't trust anyone anymore. Not that I don't. I trust you three, and that's it. I'm like <laughs> okay. oh, you,
2: you should know. not trust me She's a Jesus Uh...
0: That's I okay. Mean, I'm a Hufflepuff. You, I have enough trust for both me and Izzy. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I mean we we
1: know, but like if but if somebody came back from the future and said, No, listen, that's actually Yoda, like I wouldn't that wouldn't make me think they were crazy. Like I would question other stuff. But that one I'd be like, all right, whatever. I don't know. But okay. I'm sure it's not. But anyway.
0: So let's chat about something not baby Yoda because there are actually other things in this show that are not baby Yoda so yep. uh and our oh, i had I had a point and I was gonna get to it and then I completely lost it but now I got it back so uh Regina actually did a game on girl episode about mm-hmm. the Mandalorian recently uh, with regards to female representation I think uh like maybe you want to start us off uh, sure. with this
2: absolutely so um. Definitely check out the episode on Game on Girl as well. Um, but I talked about um, how the first, I can't remember now, in the first three episodes, uh, there was not a single named female character.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there was the Armorer, is pretty much the only female character, you know, that anybody talks to. Yes. Um, wouldn't have passed the Bechdel test, etc., etc. cetera. Et cetera. Um, But I was really happy because then in the fourth episode, they introduced, uh, you know, one of the first characters you see in that episode is a mom who's protecting um, her child. Oh, by the way, we're going to spoil a whole bunch of stuff today.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Um, Duh, spoilers.
2: Spoiler alerts. We're going to talk about stuff. that's The Mandalorian's been out at least a little bit of time, but some of the things we have to talk about, we'll try to talk a little around them. But anyway, I'm definitely going to spoil the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, so in one of the episodes, we have a mom, um, uh, we have um him, uh, we have Mando, uh, partner up with, um, you know, who's the mercenary who he meets, the female oh, god, Nick. yeah, the uh, the ex uh,
0: trooper, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody know? anyway, Kara, uh, Kara, right. Kara
2: Thrace,
0: yeah,
2: something Cara.
0: like that. Oh, no, Kara, Kara Thrace. <laughs> Kara Thrace, that's from battle
2: Battlestar Galactica, never mind. Like, wait, that sounds familiar, but I don't think that's right. Here, wait, I have my notes here.
0: Kara um, Dune sounds Cara right. Kara Dune.
2: Kara Dune. Cara Dune. Um, yeah, so that's in episode four. We get introduced to her. She's awesome. Uh, super strong, you know, not terribly fleshed out character and that, but she ends up coming back. Um, in episode five, uh, we have Amy Sedaris as Pelimoto, um, who was fantastic, um, maternal and cutthroat. I absolutely adored her character, thought she was fantastic. Um, and then we had a female assassin as well, which is who um, Mando's trying to hunt, um, Ming-Na Wen, or was the actress, Fennec Shand is the uh, is the character Mm -hmm. Um, the
0: the voice of Mulan that's fun fact for you
2: (laughs) I didn't know that that's awesome Mm -hmm. she was fantastic like her character was great I have a feeling she's coming back in season two Um, and then we get to season six and Regina's head exploded um, with uh, this episode that was as we're going to mention a little bit later something about the Justice League where they took like a character and they made her into a spoof of Harley Quinn. And it was really, really annoying. She was the only <laughs> female character in the episode. And they made her crazy and sex-driven for Mando and an ex-girlfriend and... They like took every bad female stereotype and like were like, okay, we're not gonna have any women. We're gonna do some good representations, and then we're gonna take like every bad stereotype of female characters and put them in one character mm-hmm. and have no, her be pivotal to the story.
0: It was it was especially frustrating just because like again like I'm not steeped in in uh, Star Wars lore at all, mm-hmm. but but. Every single time, it seems like every single time you see a Twilek or a Twilek—I don't know how you actually pronounce that race—they um, are always kind of like hypersexualized, like like they like they just kind of like exist as like male gaze dot yes. like dot character, yep. and it is it is excessively frustrating to to see this trend continue with this particular character who yep. like you could have like you could have replaced with like a lamp and the episode wouldn't have changed like, right, it, right. Was, it wouldn't have been any <laughs>
2: different. Yeah. You
0: know, it's, it's, yeah, very frustrating. I, that was easily my least favorite episode of the season.
2: Yeah. And, and it had a lot of potential. Like, had she been like cool and cutthroat and like, you know, she could have been great. She could have been, they could have taken it and done something interesting with it. But they did the storytelling shortcuts where they just took like characters that already exist and just made her and made mm. her, you know, she looked like Harley with the, you know, the race that they picked for her um the twileck um she looked like harley cuz she looked like she had the things and she kind of moved and talked like i went and watched clips of um the justice league to to kind of see cuz i hadn't seen the movie i'd only seen the trailers i'm like let me go check out her scenes and i'm like okay yeah somebody was like oh hey harley quinn's cool let's make a harley quinn character for you know
0: yeah i mean you know, she she's in vogue right <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, so we've, we've got a lot of, like, ups and downs with regards to female representation in this, yeah, uh, in this sure. series. But, like, overall, did that sour your experience on the entire series?
2: Um, it didn't. Uh, the thing that I think made it hard for me to connect to the show was the kind of distance that you end up having to feel. Fernando, um mm-hmm. because you never you know you don't see his face until just briefly in the last episode and i could kind of connect to him but at the same time i was like i'm feeling a pretty strong disconnect so i think that was more of the issue for me is feeling like just the structure of the show itself kept me at bay emotionally
0: Inter- interesting does it does anybody else mirror that experience or is it uh this just regina no, I didn't have any problem connecting with him. He, he was, I mean, and I, I
1: mean, he was, he, for me, he was just a robot. Like, that, for me, that's how it. I connected with him. You know what I mean? Like, he oh, was, just, yeah, like, he, was he was a like robot.
0: Beta.
1: Yeah, I mean, something like that. I mean, yeah. and, and I mean, I, I, it didn't occur to me not to connect to him. I mean, so, no, I I didn't have an issue. I can understand why one might have felt that way, though. Mm-hmm. So I'm not... I don't disagree yeah. with you. I just didn't sure. have that experience.
0: That's fine. Cool. What about you, Isabella?
3: I didn't really have a problem connecting with him. Just because we kind of get a sense of his character from early on.
2: Yeah, from his choices. But
3: I historically like. The robot-like characters in everything, so that's not a surprise.
0: (laughs) I mean... I mean, I, I mean, I like. I'm sorry, Regina. Like, you're going to have to be the minority of one over here because, like, I, I also really did not have that experience. And I'm, I'm, That's okay. I'm uh, I'm interested. I'm interested to hear a little bit more about that, just because I felt like Mando, like, for being someone that we didn't even see his face until the last couple of minutes of uh, of the final episode, which I'm upset about. By the way, I have feelings. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it seems like he conveys so much. Through a mask that, uh, and and it seems like it's, it's just a big, uh, big hat tip to Pedro Pascal for yeah. being able to do so much with just tilts of the head and body posture and just the way that he's moving and carrying himself, mm-hmm. and just like, and, and it's really all in those tiny moments, right? Like right. When, like when he goes back to the ship in episode, what, I don't know what is it three, and he sees. He sees the um, like the little ball on the lever that Baby Yoda was uh, was playing with, right. and that's what incents him to go back and, and basically, put his, yeah, and basically put his entire people at risk in order to in order to save a child. Right, like, like that speaks volumes, and like and all the flashbacks that uh, that you get uh, of him of his his uh, town getting uh, getting raided and firebombed and his parents dying basically in front of his eyes and it being you know cut. You know, cutting back to just this slow zoom into his head like you can just into his, his helmet really right. uh, to a shot of his helmet like you can just like see the forced stoicism and the forced pain that he is trying to suppress like even through a boba fett helmet like it is like it is just incredible and i, I was just over the moon with uh, with how much i was able to feel for a character whose facial expressions i couldn't see like it's it's something that we haven't really seen in mass media since um like really since V for Vendetta like and that movie is like right. what, 10 15 years old at this point so like really? I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah so i'm very interested to see like like what like I, I guess like what more like what specifically drove you to like not really be connected to this guy
2: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know exactly if I can exactly pinpoint what it was. I mean, I agree that I think that all of those nuances were there. Um, I, I had a couple of times and I watched almost all the episodes at least twice. A couple of them I watched three times because I was, you know, doing that. I was recording the episode. But um, I think even even with all of the intonation um, and y- y'all might get a little mad at me for this, but um, one of the things about robots and one of the reasons why we connect more to those characters is because they have more anonymity. And so as you're watching those characters, you are more likely to put your own emotions into them because they are not displaying them. And so if you make that jump and you connect and you do have the experience that you guys had, then you have that emotional connection and that emotional experience of it. But if you don't and you're looking and you're seeing and I'm like, why is this not resonating as much as it should? Because I do. I love the choices that he made. I thought he was a very moral character. Um, I thought he was a moral character who was in, you know, a supremely immoral situation and universe and world and and i was really proud that he made the decisions that he made but i still couldn't get myself there emotionally to feel to feel it to be feeling the distress necessarily um so that 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 i think is part of it if if you're more willing and you're more comfortable to put yourself in the place and put your own emotion on the character then you're going to have gotten more out of that You're literally describing me with every character ever because I'm unable to not do
3: this,
2: (laughs) and I'm not saying it. I'm not trying to like critique it. It's it's what we do. Like it's what we do. It's how it's how we relate to our characters. But in a situation where you're given less, like it's it's a critique actually of. And I'm going to go back to something, and you can all hate me on this, but it's a critique of the Twilight books as well. Where one of the reasons why those books were like so popular and the um, god awful like uh, fan. Fiction turned novels. Um, uh, Shades
3: of gray. Yes,
2: this that came after it. One of the reasons why books like that are so popular is because they keep the main characters' descriptions so very vague. So everybody who's reading uh. them. Puts themselves in the place of Bella and you know whatever the Fifty Shades of Grey chick was, um, but yeah, they put themselves in that position. It's this, it's a, it's a strategy. It's a storytelling strategy, and this, and that's part of what this was. And so. Okay. If you are capable and, and, you know, I do it. I won't say I don't. I have my characters that have very much, you know, put very, a lot of my own emotions on. Um, and, you know, those are the ones that, you know, resonate. Um, still go back to, you know, Ghostbusters with Kate McKinnon's character, um, Holtzman. I still have all kinds of stuff that I put in her character, um, that made her so resonate so deeply with me. Um, so it's not, it's not bad. And I'm not saying it's a bad process and I'm not trying to critique it at all, but I'm just saying that if you don't, have that initial feeling for mm-hmm. the mask. Yeah. Then, then you don't have it. It's you just, you know, it just doesn't come. So. Yeah, that's, yeah.
0: That's very interesting.
2: It's, it's, it's possible that I have
3: more feelings about the Mandalorians in general too, just because I'm more familiar. Like they have yeah. a whole thing in the cartoons, especially like clone wars and stuff. Right. You learn a lot more about backgrounds and there's yeah, the prominent, is- Yep. Yep. Um, Mandalorian characters, especially in Rebels. So,
2: and that that, that's all of it too, you know. And I have, you know, one of the things I loved about the Mandalorian were the callbacks to, you know, they ended up on Tatooine and like, you know, they were in the cantina, man. Like, yeah. (laughs) You know, all of that resonated very deeply with me, but I still, I still never managed to have the kind of connection that I wanted to have to Mando, and, and it could partially be because, you know, I was never a big fan of Boba Fett, and they're, like, whatever, okay, this is, you know, but uh, he's the no, only one yeah. I
3: didn't can... want to yeah, because Boba Fett is the most, like, self-insert, right. like, put-you-on oh, yeah. thing, because he has virtually no personality at all. Right,
2: exactly, like, he and was the the original costume, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know yeah. that everybody yeah. liked, that the fans liked, and then, you know, what? But you know, having that history also also helps with that too, so um yeah that's my that's my analysis
0: I got I you know that's, that's that's a lot That's a lot. Deeper than I was uh, than I was really expecting, but I, I should know better knowing you for as long yeah, as I have.
2: I, who are you talking to here? <laughs> I know, right?
0: I'm uh, in
2: the deep waters.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, with regards to the connection to uh, to uh, Star Wars Rebels and uh, and Clone Wars and things like that, um, I'm not very well versed in in those properties. Uh, Steve and Isabella, you're you're the uh, the big Star Wars uh, fans on this uh, on this phone call here, um, like. It like is what we're seeing in the Mandalorian consistent with what we've seen in previous Star Wars depictions, uh, like like even just like this like some of this modern EU stuff.
1: Uh, you want to tackle this one, Izzy?
3: <laughs> okay, so I can't I can't quite speak to to like extended universe stuff because I'm not really familiar with that, but like the cartoons and stuff, mm-hmm. the. From what I know, yes. But there's not a whole lot that I know about between, like, uh, four movies 4, 5, and 6 and, like, this show. Because that's mm-hmm. kind of the right area where it's set. Um, because, like, the Clone Wars and the Rebels cartoons, that's all pre, like, even the original trilogy. Right. So... This okay. is after the like, yeah. basically the entire race has b- kind of been
0: eradicated, wiped
3: out, out basic because they're just too they're like a they're warrior people, more mm. or less. So yeah.
0: okay, I gotcha. So all right, so it, it's yep. Yeah. It, it seems like it's being intentionally like left vague, and like th- this seems like it's the most that. Most of us know about the Mandalorians, like apart from like what they explored in the old EU books. Like this is the most that we've gotten. Yeah, and, like, that's exactly yeah, it.
1: For sure, this is this is you know definitely exploring those characters and you know giving us that giving us some of that history and you know showing off some you know some unquestionable you know callbacks to the older stuff. Um, it, as far as is it accurate, it's I mean it's tough to say just because so much stuff was just culled. You know, not uh-huh. just. I mean, when it, when they, uh, er, you know, eliminated the, the extended universe, there was so much stuff that was just removed. And one mm-hmm. thing we're slowly learning is that they're kind of, over time, like, adding stuff back. Yeah. Um, and they're doing it, you know, slowly and steadily. Um, and this is one of the ways that they're doing that. I mean, like, the callback at the very end of the last episode was you know, a shot right across, you know, as part of, you know, a big thing from, I think it was in Clone Wars, right, Is Izzy? What, uh, what, the Darksaber? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I yeah. That's we from were, Rebels. I yeah, we were, that's directly that
3: Rebels. from
1: Rebels. I forgot we were spoiling things, so I should have yeah. been less <laughs> obnoxious. Comics. Yeah, the Darksaber thing. I, what's funny is, um, Dante, you said that I was, like, one of the Star Wars fans on the show. That's the first time in my life I've ever been referred to <laughs> as a Star Wars fan. Oh, and part okay. of that's because Part of that's because I I literally, and uh, Regina's heard this story like six times, but I never watched any of the Star Wars movies until 2015. Oh, wow. But I, you know, Disney bought the stuff, and I had kids, and I knew that they were making a new trilogy, so I made an effort to participate because I wanted to be there for my kids if they had questions. Yeah. And so now I'm, like, catching up. So at the end of the the show, he had, like, a cool black lightsaber, and I was like, sweet, I guess he's got a cool black lightsaber. How neat is that? And right. I went on my Facebook, and um, John Tomlinson, who is my, uh, the man behind the curtain for EFG, like, my podcast producer, was like, no, for real, dude, I'm not going to spoil this for you. But then he sent me, like, a list of Clone Wars episodes to watch, and he's <laughs> like, just watch these, they will explain all of the things. Oh, right. And I was like, oh! And then it all made sense. Right. I, um So... Yeah, I do
2: want to. I'll just, in terms of like this, I just have to throw this in there really quick. In terms of like being Star Wars fans, I do actually have an artistic rendition of the cantina hanging over my television in my house.
0: Because Uh I made
2: you buy it. Because Isabella made me buy it because I fell in love with it. Because (laughs) I couldn't
0: have it.
2: (laughs) And it is. Spectacular, And I am a huge fan of Star Wars. I don't know yeah. the extended universe and I don't know the Clone Wars. And now that I do have Disney Plus, I do plan to go back and watch all of that. Okay, but so in terms I'm of sorry. the fans, but, like, might have flipped.
3: I, I am planning to put it on my body.
2: Like, like right, yeah. I'm planning a tattoo of it. That's yes. You're yeah. Yeah. I haven't I haven't marked my body with it yet, but I haven't on <laughs> my hat.
0: So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm sorry. I thought that you were more of a Trekkie than you were a Star Wars fan. I, she does both. I mean, I she had both.
3: to choose.
0: <laughs> yes. You, you used to have to choose. Right. Yeah. Porque no <laughs> So. Um. Uh.
1: Yeah. Just
2: to,
1: just so that I could throw one the because you know we talked about you know the you know the emotional connection with the characters. Uh, honestly, I enjoyed the show in spite of the fact that I did not you know I didn't. You know, it never made me feel emotional. Like at the end, when the stupid robot did his thing, like that didn't really bother me at all. To be honest,
0: oh um, man, I cried like a little
1: baby. Um, listen, <laughs> I I regularly weep. <laughs> um, so, at, but the at everything, but mm. um, it, the the thing that really got me about this show is that for me, it was um, it was a nostalgia trip yes because it reminded me and this is going to sound way off the wall but it was a nostalgia trip for me because this show reminded me so much of Hercules the legendary journeys really um, yeah and this is why straight up it really just comes down to structure because like every season of Hercules the legendary journeys there was you know and I'm talking about the Kevin Sorbo stupid show like this is it's oh, just such a oh, dumb show but um for the value of our listeners that might not but like yeah. so every season there was, like, a very loose meta plot, right? Like, he was dealing with, like, a god that was being obnoxious. And he would go to a place, they would have their flavor of garbage, he would punch some guys and meet a new person who was often a stunt-casted guest star, mm-hmm. and, like, Bruce Campbell or, you know, whatever, and then he would finish the, di- finish the thing, save the day, and move on, right? And it happened over and over and over again. Um, And that's what it felt like. After I got through the second season, the second episode, I was like, this is just Hercules for me. And that was... I I have such fond memories of sitting at my kitchen table, um, you know, eating leftovers at freaking eight o'clock on Saturday night with my brother and my dad, just watching Hercules. Um, And I did that for you know two or three years through most of high school, and this really brought some of that back to me Mm -hmm. um, because it was just that very cool, very simple like format, and I loved every minute. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. I mean, that's that. That that's spectacular that's way more eloquent than what i was going to say i was just <laughs> going to say like i didn't know that i wanted lone wolf and cub in space but here we are <laughs> and, uh, i mean tell me i'm wrong Not let's be real here like this this is a western that is set in space with laser guns right <laughs> it, it is what it is which technically um,
2: was what um star trek was supposed to be so Oh really well yeah like it was supposed to be wagon train to the stars like that's how gene roddenberry pitched it originally so uh,
0: okay <laughs> i got gotcha. you okay okay <laughs> i can dig it so yeah uh so i think we have reached our reached our end point any other closing thoughts on the mandalorian before we move on Nope, yep, i'm good to move on yeah uh, Okay, cool so the next thing that i that all of us have watched is another thing that is taking the internet by storm uh let's ha- how many of you are uh, tossing coins to your witchers now i mean that's a thing that the internet is saying. um and I'm, listen i'm gonna start i'm gonna start this off right now with a uh, with the hottest of hot takes like i think this show is garbage uh <laughs> I have made it two two and a half episodes in. I have fallen asleep halfway through each and every episode that I've watched, and I've had to pick it back up, rewind, keep watching through it. I I do not understand the appeal. Like somebody on this podcast, please explain to me what is the appeal of this show because I seriously do not get it.
1: Um, as someone who has not watched it. <laughs> I'm gonna. Fi- I'm gonna field I will have this an one opinion. first. Wait, I'm gonna. I'm gonna field it, um, okay. because Henry Cavill, often with no shirt, stabbing dudes, and Monster of the Week is still a cool format.
0: I mean, listen, like I'm not. I'm not above Monster of the Week. Like that's perfectly fine. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my favorite television show. That's right. not, if not Monster of the Week with yep. a loose overarching plot, but. The like I think my problem with the first two two and a half episodes or so are that it feels like there it feels like I am at a loss for not having read the Witcher books and for not having played the Witcher video games. Um, oh, if, if that's if,
2: what I heard about it, yeah, that I mean, it wasn't really enjoyable unless you knew the game. And I was like, well, I don't. So
0: I mean, You're not so, going to do it. Yeah. So, like, so that's that's my um. So that, that's that's my assertion was that like I'm like I'm going through this and I'm watching and I I I just continually have this feeling that I'm missing something that like that I'm sitting I'm that person that went to go watch Infinity War without having watched any of the other Marvel movies. Right. <laughs> like, like I am those people because those people existed. Like. Those people existed two years ago, and right. they were complaining like, "Oh man, it's a Marvel movie. I should be able to just jump in and watch it." Like, you know, like you're watching part 19 of an 18 part series. Like, of course you're going to miss stuff. Like, this is season one, episode one. I should not feel like I'm missing things. I shouldn't feel like I have to do some some uh, like some homework, some pre reading in order to enjoy this television series. Like the entire point of of, of these shows is to make these properties accessible to people who are not familiar with the franchises. You know, is like, that the point though? I mean, I feel like I feel like that is the point of that is the point of these like of of these properties that they're trying to adapt into uh, like, into major Netflix shows. They uh, they did it with uh, with the Umbrella Academy last year. You know, like like your viewing of it was enhanced by having read the Umbrella Academy, but it was by no means necessary for you to have watched the umbrella Academy in order to enjoy it. So and that, that is my some, primary experience with the Witcher
1: for some added context that if you're not familiar with the game, you may not also be familiar with the drama surrounding the game. Um, Cause I don't know that this was intended to be like a marketing, like a lot of times you make a game or you make a show and it's like a tie into a game or something like that. It's meant to like help or impact the game in some way, right? Like, it's almost like a marketing piece, or vice versa. In this case, so there were the books written in Polish, right? Um, And There's no way I'm going to pronounce this dude's name, so I'm going to stop, right? (laughs) He sold the rights to CD Projekt Red many years ago for almost nothing, and they made The Witcher 1 and The Witcher 2 to moderate success, but nothing crazy, right? Yeah. His deal was based on him being like, yeah, whatever, man, I'm making these books, you can have, you know, and he negotiated a terrible deal for himself that he was tied into basically for life like they essentially gave him a five dollar footlong for his the rights to the witcher and then they released the witcher 3 um, which fundamentally changed CD Projekt Red right and made gajillions of dollars at which point he really, he realized that he made a mistake. And so this show is not based on the game, it's actually based on the books. And they are his attempt, you know, working with this TV production company to try and create something else that he is tied to. So he actually gets something out of it. So it's what's really interesting is this show is not necessarily intended to like add value to or even be related to the game. It's It's actually just intended to stand on its own, which is problematic considering the fact that it expects you to – like it it, it does kind of just throw you in there. Um, I think from what you described, it sounds like the issue is – and I'll watch it soon because it's dudes with swords and stuff. But like um, it it sounds like they just assumed that it's Henry Cavill with swords. Like who cares? Like just just go along for the ride. Who Mm -hmm. actually did watch it though? So,
3: uh, I, I did.
0: Isabella did. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very up. interested to hear what you what you have to say about it.
3: So I'm not familiar with I knew it was based on video games and I didn't even know there was a book series that it was based on. So I will say that the first couple of episodes suffer horribly from uh not explaining enough. <laughs> <laughs> mhm. So, um, there's the whole thing with like, things are happening at different times, which I didn't realize until like episode three. (laughs) Um,
0: oh, this makes so much more sense now.
3: Yeah. And that's the exact revelation that I had because we're like watching like separate storylines happen at the same time and you're trying to connect the dots, but Mm -hmm. it's not happening. Um, because they're not happening at the same time. Um, actually, it's like more like three storylines at the same time. If you're thinking about Yennefer and the girl, I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. And
0: Geralt. Siri.
3: Did she have a name? Maybe she didn't have a name. She she has a name. It wasn't
0: I like Gabby saying. or something like that.
3: I think it was something with a C. Eh,
0: whatever. It doesn't matter. Um.
3: She's my least favorite out of all of it. Anyway, um, so it's it's kind of trying to, like, drip feed you, like, little bits and pieces, which I think makes much more sense if you're going in knowing what the story's about at all, which mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, so it suffers from really bad storytelling in that sense. Because Uh if they had done it a little better or made things a little bit more apparent, we, the watcher would have been able to figure that out sooner. Because I I know I'm not the only one with this problem. (laughs) Because Uh I had the same problems you had, except Uh a friend who was familiar with the series told me to keep watching. It will make more sense later. Uh And after like episode three or four or something, I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it," and it starts to make more sense. It also gets funnier.
0: <laughs> Fun- funny is not a uh, is not a word I was expecting to hear you use.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, Henry, what's his face? Henry Cavill. Uh, yes, uh, Superman
0: mm-hmm.
3: has is a little like self deprecating, I guess, as a character and when like the the bard comes in more to like mm-hmm. poke fun at him it it definitely gets funnier okay so okay.
0: all right so he's got a, there's a, that. a bravely bold sir robin kind of guy okay i got gotcha. you yeah
3: with just him there's no foil to like go up against he's just dude with sword yeah so
0: and I, yeah i think that was i don't know that that, that was just another thing is like i like henry cavill i think he's a good actor um i just like i i really just didn't have that emotional connection to this show the uh like the minute that it came on screen i I was not invested in anybody like cavil was basically just a robot who's wandering around killing like swamp spiders or whatever the heck he's killing nowadays it was like okay cool i guess like this is a thing like i don't know like and i and i thought to myself like maybe like i'm just not a sword and fantasy kind of guy a sword and sorcery kind of guy because like i also didn't particularly care for game of thrones and this <laughs> seems to be set in a similar ish universe i was like okay like maybe this just isn't my thing but i'm glad to hear that like i'm not the only one that has this kind of criticism that the witcher is just like for new fans just like not great
1: so i i do have one question sure is there a character in this show um named Kira Metz. Do they introduce her in this show?
0: Well I didn't finish the first season, so uh,
3: not that I noticed.
1: Well but I'm good.
0: Okie
3: dokie. I am terrible at names though, so I'm going right. to take that
0: with a grain of salt. You right, well <laughs> Okay well then that, you would have known. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that but... seems like that's I don't all so. we've got to say about the Witcher. <laughs> all right. um, that uh, yeah, looks like like if you're a fan of it, you probably already like it. If you if you weren't a fan of it and you were just looking to try something else, uh, apparently you got to give it a couple episodes. I don't believe in that nonsense, so we're just going to go ahead and move on. Uh, Regina, <laughs> talk to me about uh, Grace and Frankie season six. What's this so, all about? Uh,
2: Grace and Frankie season six. Well, Grace and Frankie just in general is a fantastic show with um, uh, Jane Fonda and. Oh, God, why am I blanking on her name? Lily. Tomlin. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, and the guys who are also famous actors who are el- older, um, we don't need to talk about them because it's all about Grace and Frankie. Um, I have always loved Grace and Frankie. I thought, I didn't look this up, and I meant to before we started recording. Isabella, you've watched it, right? You've watched the other seasons?
3: I have watched some yes. of those But I have not watched the latest season at all.
2: Well, I won't talk too much about plot since it's still relatively new. It only came out a couple weeks ago. It
3: seems to be going, like, a little, like, seems to be, like, jumping the shark a little bit. I don't know. It sounded very meta from Uh, what I was
2: uh, reading. There's some, yeah, I think there's some storytelling stuff that gets a little kind of weird in it. Um, But... I love the characters so much that it's one of those I'm willing to sacrifice the story just to continue seeing these characters. Um, I was under the impression I thought I had read an article that said it was the last season, um, so yeah. I expect it's. I, I I can't imagine from how the season ended that it was the end, um, but I could be wrong because, I, like I said, I was I didn't do my homework and I should have. Um, but um, yeah, it was enjoyable. It is a little crazy. It's definitely a little off center, but it always has been. Um, so if you do love the characters, then I think you'll con- you'll continue to enjoy
0: it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, our Lord and Savior Google says that Grace and Frankie will end after season seven.
2: Okay, so there's one more season. I was because it came to the end of them like this is not how this show ends,
0: mm-hmm. and I
2: won't say what happens because you know Isabella hasn't watched it and you know oh, it's please. it's reasonably new. <laughs> but I was like, this is no, what is happening? So that was super confusing for me. But that was probably just my own thing. I would like to to make a pitch though for you to watch it because mm-hmm. I think we need more shows with characters that aren't kind of the standard age and the standard storyline. So I think having, you know, character actresses like Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin lead a show and have it have this kind of success, I think is super important um, culturally.
0: Um, So so what I'm getting is just like, like this is, I don't know, like, a golden girl stand in like, like, cause we we don't really have shows like that anymore. Right. Yes.
2: It it kind of does have like that golden girl's flair to it where it's, you know, the two of them kind of on their misadventures together and how they kind of help each other out. Um, And um, Grace's uh, story arc has a lot to do with um, breaking old patterns that she had in her life, like long lifelong patterns of behavior, um, which is really kind of cool because, you know how many women at that age are going to like still continue to look at their lives and be like, "Oh, I'm doing the same thing I did 20 years ago or 30 years ago, and maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore." Um, instead of just you know sort of quietly moving on. <laughs> so it's it's got a lot of value, I think.
0: Okay, Do- doesn't sound like it would be the kind of show that I would actively seek out, but I might I might give it a shot.
3: You I didn't know. think it was for me either, honestly.
0: Okay. As okay. much
3: as I love girl- golden girls.
2: <laughs> there are, um, you know, vibrators, and there's talk of um, masturbation for elderly women. And I mean, it just kind of goes against everything you kind of expect this kind of show to be about.
1: (laughs) That right there—that's a sales pitch.
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) this is this is going to be the second time this episode where I say like that was not what I was expecting to hear you talk about.
2: (laughs) That's in the Uh, first seasons, like in the first two seasons. I think the the main story arc is about um, developing starting a a company, (laughs) starting a company, developing a vibrator that will give elderly women not give elderly women carpal tunnel syndrome.
0: Interesting. So, okay. okay. Well, that's sure. certainly um, that is certainly. And I forgot. Problem.
2: I <laughs> forgot about
3: this storyline too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm. I, I'm honestly just like at a loss for words, which usually doesn't happen all that often. No, right. Uh, but I, uh, I can
2: do that with you, Dante. Though it makes me feel like you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like you, you've always got the ace up your sleeve. I <laughs> So that's that's great. I think, you might, I think you might have talked me into this, uh, right, which is well, great. that's
2: kind of what I was going for there. Like, you might not think this is for you, but...
0: Uh, also, subtle plug, Regina and I were on a podcast episode yes. of uh, Talk Me Into. You can find them at uh, www.talkmeinto.com and uh, go check them out. We're on episode 50, the mm. Talk Me Into episode about Talk Me Into. It's for yes. meta and super amazing. Yes. Anyways... Uh, We're going to move on from Grace and Frankie. Uh, Isabella, we are back with you for The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Season 3.
3: Okay. Does anyone (laughs) else watch Sabrina?
2: (laughs) I I, I watched um, the first season I think I don't think I watched the second season I think I'm on the yeah I would be at the start of the second season so yes I have watched some of it
0: yeah I, I've been meaning to because you know like as every child of the 90s did I grew up with Sabrina the Teenage Witch and I've been like I it's one of those things that's just like sitting on my Netflix list for literal years but like I'm not a big fan of like horror at all and yeah as I understand it this is very much a horror show. Yes, okay,
2: yes <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I haven't gone back to it because I'm also not a horror fan i I binged the first season when I was sick, and I think I slept through a lot of the scenes that would have made me uncomfortable in the not liking horror, so okay,
0: okay. that
3: that lessens a bit as the show goes on. That's good to know It, it is a little uh. Before, like, the main plot comes in, it's a
2: little, like, Monster of the Week-ish. Yeah. Um, It's also high school drama-y, so.
3: Yes, which is my least favorite part. (laughs) 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 I cannot do with the high school drama anymore as someone who did not go through any of that. Or um, does not wish to relive Relive it in any way. Yeah. So, but I do enjoy parts of like the occulty stuff about it. But my friend and I were talking about this because I just finished season three a couple days ago. I like binge watched most of it during yeah, this so weekend. I was say, that
2: just came out too, right?
3: Yeah, I think it came out the same day. No. Grace
2: and Frankie did, yeah.
3: Yeah, I think it did because yeah. I saw both of them at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's 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 gotten really convoluted real fast, <laughs> unfortunately, where they've kind of like written themselves into a hole. Mm.
0: Um, what do you mean they've written themselves into a hole? Like you're only three <laughs> seasons in.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like the season five. Issue with a lot of shows where you're like, "Hmm, maybe we should end the show," but they don't,
0: uh, and they're yes, just like, like supernatural.
3: Uh, yeah, exactly like Supernatural. That's not Isn't even go there like with season 13? fourteen.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. See, I watched Supernatural for half as long as it's been on, and I felt like I watched it for ages, but Jesus. I quit watching it in season seven. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know. Anyway. It, yeah, it's it's getting a little into like jump the shark territory like I don't think it's a spoiler really to say that they've got like time travel have gotten involved. Oh. And oh boy. All kinds of weird things. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Interesting.
3: And as my friend said it has the storytelling has suffered, and yet it has only gotten more CW. Let's say,
2: right?
0: <laughs> ah, okie dokie. So, so what I'm what I'm hearing is that this is kind of suffering because I never actually watched Supernatural, but this is kind of suffering from the same fate that Arrow did, where the first two seasons were really good, and then by season three, it started turning into every other CW show. <laughs> But this, yeah. one, this one happened to feature a guy in a green costume shooting arrows at people.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit.
0: Okay, so all right, well, maybe I'll check out the first season and I'll see what I uh, see what I. Uh, the uh, first how, season, how like is it. great.
2: Yeah, the first season was and
3: so. I will say that the ants on the show are my favorite. So, it's oh, okay. like the, well, it's the Zelda you... and Hilda.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. it's it's good to hear that they've still got the uh, the old cast of familiar characters. I'm I'm assuming that Salem is uh, back in there as well, right?
3: Yes, he is in the show, yet probably not how you would expect him to be.
0: Is is he is he not still played by a really bad animatronic puppet? No. Oh. Surprisingly not. <laughs> that makes me sad. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the of the nineties show. Uh so I, yeah, I don't know. My my girlfriend's really into horror. Um, I'm sure that if I expressed any interest in watching it, she would have no problem watching it with me. So maybe I'll uh maybe I'll do that and report back to you at some point next month. Cool. Because you know, like we've got shows to watch. Yes. Okay, so um uh, all right. Cool, chilling adventures of Sabrina. Maybe a little bit less chilling and a little bit more lukewarm. Uh, the lukewarm <laughs> adventures of Sabrina. Uh, you guys can't see me, but I'm doing pistol Finger. Yes, of
2: course you are. I, I mean, could look, hear I, them. Yeah,
0: I
1: them.
0: I, I felt them. I, I am felt so glad them that soul. I can just hear the pistol fingers. It just makes me makes my little heart sing. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Stephen, we haven't heard from you in a tiny bit. Uh, talk to me about Dragon Prince season two. This ought to be good.
1: Okay, so everybody knows and loves the Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. So,
0: I mean, it's only the greatest um, cartoon ever created. Fair.
1: That is accurate. This is That's not right. competing with that. However, it's a, it's a lot of the same creative team. Um, in some of the same voice actors. Um, the guy that did um Sokka is in this show. Um, and it is. Um, It's on Season 2. Season 1 is out there. Season 1 is relatively short, so you'll be able to churn through it pretty quickly. I recommend that everybody watch this if you love animation. Um, It is a a, a really cool story about a completely new world with a completely new um, system of magic. Um, and it's very obviously dragon influenced, um, and, um, you know, it's a story of a bunch of people that are, you know, young, of young people specifically that are kind of thrust into this world saving, uh, quest. It feels very final fantasy to me in that way. Um, I think the animation is absolutely gorgeous. The colors are just so cool. Um, you can definitely tell, like, if you like just walked in. If I was watching the show in your house and you like walked in, you'd be like, "Whoa, these are the people that did Avatar!" Like, it's like just the the use of colors Adventure. and all the cool animals. Yeah, it's just so great. Um, I th- we finished. So we watched it as a family, and we churned through season two. Because it's a Netflix show, so they put it all out at once. I think we did it in, what, two sittings? The General's over in the corner. So we did it in, like, two sittings. <laughs> um, and that's with all of us, including my seven-year-old, watching. Um, it is um, it's pretty dark in some places. Um, the action scenes are really well animated. Um, they have a deaf character who is <laughs> a deaf and mute and speaks only in sign language, mm-hmm. but it's actual sign language, not just made up stuff. Like if you speak sign language, you know what that person is saying. Oh, um, wow. and, they use, and they use no subtitles, so like if you if you know if you know ASL, then you you have you power game Dragon Prince. Um, mm-hmm. The the bad guy. Ga- uh, it's it's really good. Um, and so they just finished season two um and they finished it in a really good place to kind of move forward to season 3 cuz that's how these things work um man I, I i could go on for i could go on and on and on and on about it and spoil a lot of it but i'm not going to
0: cuz i think everybody should watch it just, just awesome. watch it <laughs> okay i mean you seem really excited about
1: it <laughs> um i really am it is I it's it's not very often that I find like a really really good animated series that can push you know it, it, outside of Avatar: The Last Airbender, right? Like I didn't think I was ever going to see anything even like it ever again. And while this doesn't reach those same heights, and part of that is I have the retro, you know like I watched all of it, right? So we got to see the last season in the end. So we don't know what this is going to kind of come to at the end. But this is pretty close, and it's really good.
0: It's really good. Okay, I mean, I'm gonna—I'll take your word for it. I've, oh god, I've got a growing list of like stuff that I need to watch. And you know, here's, think, like, here's what goodness, you do. I'm a single well, guy that lives alone. <laughs> yeah, one episode.
1: All you gotta do, promise yourself twenty minutes to watch one episode, and then you can make a decision. Okay. And I, I guarantee you you will find me on our slack and be like, Yeah, you were right, Steve.
0: <laughs> Alright, fine, I guess. Man, I watched a super awesome
1: cartoon. God.
0: No, man. And it wasn't Justice League Unlimited
1: or Batman <laughs> the Animated Series. It was it, it was not. It was not. But you know what? I would put it up there with those.
0: Oh man. It is that that is that is high big. praise. Like you don't understand how many times I've watched those series.
1: Yeah, Batman the Animated Series is really, really good. This is really 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 good. Like uh, the characters are great. Um yeah, it's awesome.
0: Awesome. All right, cool. Looking forward to it. All right. So, uh we're going to move on to the final uh final bit of TV that we're going to be talking about in the what we've been watching section. Uh this is something that all of us except for Steven have uh have watched. This is The Good Place. Speaking of uh you just speaking of shows that are ending. Um yeah, you know, like we we were talking about Grace and Frankie earlier, and we were uh, about how that's that's coming to a close in its next season. And uh, Isabel, you were just also talking about uh, the chilling adventures of Sabrina and how it feels like the show should be ending, but we're going to keep on going. Uh, one of the things that I am really loving about the Good Place is that they have committed to ending this series with the current season that they're on right now, season four. These uh, the the showrunners and the Writers and the creators they have they basically set forth uh, this was this statement at the beginning of season 4 they so you're like listen like we had a vision as to what we wanted this show to be and we had a definitive story and this is the end of that story we're not going to we're not going to extend it we're not going to bloviate we're not going to just add unnecessary things like we want to end on the highest of high notes and we want to wrap everything up cleanly on our own terms before before we get canceled because everybody is just abandoning ship and we've lost the integrity of the show. Yeah. And holy moly, this season, like while it, like it's not as good as like seasons one or two, like as far as just, as far as like a wrapping up season with high stakes, it's quite good. Uh, like how, how far have you all gotten in, into it? Cause I'm current as of, as of last week.
2: I'm probably a month behind.
0: Okay. Well, what was the and last change?
2: Yeah, same.
3: I think I'm probably about the same. I haven't watched the last couple. I, and because. I can't
2: actually remember what was going on in the last episodes that I watched, which isn't a reflection of the show. It is a reflection of how crazy things have been. But.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, things, things is always crazy in parents' life. This is a thing yeah. that I academically understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, I, I could, I could just gush about this show for, ba- for basically ever. Um, I, I'll be very interested to hear what you all think once you actually finish the series. Um, because they, like, so
3: has the series wrapped up yet, or is it still neg- going?
0: Negative. Yeah. The final, negative. Ep- yeah. final episode is either this week or next week. Um, I think it's next week. Yeah, our, our Lord and Savior Google can tell us because uh, 'cause I'm just I was not prepared to talk about this. because uh, I, I don't want uh I don't want it to be to be over, really. Right. It is yeah. it says it's on tomorrow. It says it's on tomorrow. Oh yeah. Uh goodness gracious. I'm not having oh, this reading. Yeah, I So yeah, like and that that was my that that was my feeling that I had when I uh when I uh, watched last week's episode was it seemed like they had wrapped up everything like I, I I'm not gonna spoil it for you but like it seems like all of the major plot points and all of the major storylines have come to a conclusion like if you had told me that the season was over last week I would have believed you and I and I would have been very satisfied with the ending um, but I've got one more episode to go and I'm not sure that my heart can handle it. <laughs> because this show, this show for like, for something that sounds so dumb on paper, for those of you listening who haven't watched the good place, it is a show uh, featuring Kristen bell. She is a self-described piece of white trash from Arizona who dies by getting hit by a bus goes to what, Goes to the good place.
2: No, she gets hit by a... uh anyway, shopping carts in the parking lot. Is it so, shopping carts? Yeah. I thought
0: it was shopping carts that like pushed her into a bus or something no, like that. No, anyways, like
2: she ends up in anyway.
0: So. Anyways, like not like not really important how she died, but she uh she dies, she goes to the good place, um, except she knows that she's a fraud. She knows that she lived a terrible life on Earth, and she enlists the help of a moral philosophy professor who is supposed to be her soulmate in the good place to help her learn morality, learn ethics and earn her way into the good place. Hilarity ensues. That's an entire, it's an entire thing where like what 51 episodes at this point. Um, And that's really like the only down, uh, down uh, side of this show is that unlike something like Buffy, where you can just kind of drop in wherever and have it be like, and have each episode kind of like be self-contained, even if it does have that large narrative. Like this show is all about the larger narrative. Yeah. You
2: can't um, just jump into it.
0: Yeah. Like I, I would not recommend jumping into season four. There are so many things that you will have missed that you will just feel completely lost. Yeah. That, um, that makes sense. And yeah. I would like
2: to throw out there that yeah. um, Kristen Bell has directed a handful of episodes in season four.
0: Oh, I did not know that.
2: Yes. So oh, I just okay. put that out there because women directors, Hollywood, big deal. And
0: well, I mean, you know, she's uh, yeah, she's kind of like Hollywood's darling at this point. I mean, she could yeah. she, she pretty much do no wrong.
2: You know, yeah. I, I would not argue that at all. Um, but I think it's really important that we point out when, you know, female directors are out there. Because if we look at the Oscars, but we're not talking about that, so I'm not going to go there.
0: We're not going to go there. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but yeah, like Maya, Maya Rudolph has been uh, my personal favorite this season. Um, yes. have, have you? You've all seen
1: the judge, <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, like, Maya like, Rudolph
1: is one of my favorites ever.
0: So, Period. if you like Maya Rudolph, watch The Good Place. It's I, I've, actually, I've actually seen
1: two and a half seasons. Of the good
0: oh, okay. So finish yeah. it up. I'm finish going to, up,
1: bro. i listen. All right, bro. Listen, bro. Did we
0: just throw each other at the same yeah. time, <laughs> bro, bro, bro? Yeah, yeah I'm definitely wait, going to. Dad. Trust what me, I'm going that? to. Um,
1: that uh, that that bit got stale, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch it.
0: It's- okay. Uh, yeah, the first three seasons are on Netflix, dear listeners. The final season, at least part of it, is on Hulu. Like, If you're not watching it, you are doing this wrong. Like, It is easily the best sitcom that I've seen in the last, I'm going to say, 10 to 15 years. Like, the, It is is—it is that good. It's that genuine. It's that funny. It is way smarter than it has any right to be. Uh, I know that I have talked about this on the, on the show before. You need to watch it. It's just that good. Anyways, I could continue gushing on about it, but my my cohorts are not current with it, so I can't spoil anything, and it's, it's make it's making me uh, make me anxious. So
3: I checked, and I'm only apparently three episodes behind.
0: Oh, okay, good. Ah.
3: The last episode I watched was the answer, which you'll know oh. what that means.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> oh god, that broke my heart.
2: Yeah, which might be why I <laughs> you haven't been back to it because <laughs> it <laughs> uh, Regina, did you
0: watch that episode?
2: I don't. I'll let I'll look it up. I can't look it up right now. Well, if you don't know what we're talking about, you probably haven't. I don't. I'm. I'm thinking I'm further behind than than yeah. that.
0: You might you it, might be. But yeah, like I that. It took, um,
2: it took a break cool. for the holidays, didn't it? That there's true. a new season of Shrill. Yeah.
0: It's I haven't a, been uh... in them. Which, it, I
2: haven't watched it since before the holidays. I do know that yeah. much.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, this this one came after the holidays. Um, yeah. My like my biggest complaint for the first half of the season was that uh, was that Cheedy was not really uh, especially involved, just due to how season four started. Yes. Yeah. Um, the answer is a Cheaty centric episode. Um. It it is up there with probably like like five episodes of the good place period <laughs> like it is like it is that good it focuses almost entirely on Cheaty, and they have some like weird inception like kind of bs that happens in there
2: oh i it's... gotta get on this apparently i am on episode eight the funeral to end all funerals okay That's... um which expires on friday so i guess i need to get on this
0: yeah you need to get on this and then you need yeah. to watch the answer i need to find me in slack and just and, and just be like, oh my god, this is the best episode I've ever seen in my life. It's just that good. Anyways, we're going to move on now. We've got a second half of this agenda. Um, stuff that we're looking forward to. Right? Uh, these, this is stuff that we're probably going to be watching in February and probably talking about next month. So hopefully uh, hopefully we'll be able to be consistent with this. We're going to start off with something that the three of us on this uh, show were interested in looking And looking at, Uh, that's Picard, the new Star Trek show from CBS All Access. Hashtag, I really hate CBS All Access, and I hate that I have to purchase it for two months every single year. Again. (laughs) But this is is my burden. Well, Disco
2: should be coming back, too, right?
0: I know, but now that's four months that I have to pay for CBS All Access. (laughs) 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 So... Uh, so I, I have to admit, like, I'm a little bit hesitant about Picard. Um, he, he's been out of the limelight for quite some time. Like, when was the last time that we saw Captain Picard on screen? I think it was, like, 2001 in Star Trek Nemesis, you know, starring Tom Hardy. Wow. <clears throat> I mean, that puts some perspective on it for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, and... Like and my like my initial impression with the series when I first saw the trailers was, hey, like this this seems like it's coming out of nowhere. Seems like Patrick Stewart just like kind of wants another paycheck, and like I'm not like I'm not opposed to that, right. but it seems like they are throwing a lot of things at the wall and they're trying to make them stick. Like I saw I saw uh, like glimpses of Jonathan Frakes in there reprising his role as Riker. Um, the trailer kind of had. Two gotcha moments with the appearance of Jerry Ryan as Seven of Nine. Mm-hmm. You know, a, character, <laughs> a character.
3: My who, favorite.
0: I, mm-hmm. I know, right? She's great. But yeah, like a character who, as far as we're concerned, has never met uh, Captain Picard before. Right. Um,
1: but she would certainly know who he was.
0: She would certainly know who he was. Yes, that is absolutely correct. But yeah, like she's never crossed paths with Jean Luc Picard before. And the second gotcha moment at the end of the very, like the very first teaser trailer was Picard saying like I don't want the game to end as he moves a chess piece and I'm sitting there thinking to myself like Oh please be Ian McKellen, please be Ian McKellen and have the X Men reference and then it's <laughs> Brent Spiner as Data. And, uh, right and. and we're all sitting there like going back to 2001 star trek nemesis where data sacrificed himself so the enterprise could get away from tom hardy's ship and we all thought data was dead apparently 18 years later we find out he's not and i don't know how i feel about this but also like i've seen i've I've seen people on facebook uh my friends who are trekkies saying like this like this show is hot garbage um a lot of folks like just did not like it. And I'm like, I'm just conflicted now because like, I really want to see Patrick Stewart, but I'm not sure about, uh, like, I'm just, I'm just not sure about picking up CBS all access for something that the best review that I've seen so far from people I trust is like, eh, lukewarm at best. Like, what about, what about you? I've heard
1: positive things about it. So have I, um, yeah, you're literally, and I'm. I mean, I mean this. The, you, the, you're the the people who have said negative things to you are the first negative things I have yeah. heard or experienced yeah. about it. Period. And I'm. And how about this? Um, I would. I mean, CBS All Access is six bucks a month or whatever, uh-huh. right? So I would pay six bucks a month to watch him. To, you know like to take a shot that it might be a cool Star Trek the Next Generation reunion like it's six bucks so that's like a couple burritos I'm willing to trade a couple burritos and a couple hours of my time to go visit some of my friends yeah you know that's what it feels like to me is that I'm going and I am um, gonna go visit some friends. And that's a, that. That's honestly how I interpret it. Like, I'm not. I don't. I'm not coming in expecting that it's going to be like the greatest experience. You know, television experience of my life. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just in it just because seeing familiar I, faces on. It's the just seeing again. my homies one more time. Yeah, and you know, we're going to see Guinan next season. Yeah, I was
2: going to say next season. What? So season two uh, will be uh, Patrick Stewart. Always, also, already asked Willa Goldberg to be on. So,
1: I mean, oh wow. I, I understand. I can go. Oh, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. I, I was about to say like, I didn't even realize that it had gotten uh, approved for season two. Yeah. I mean, I
1: am pretty sure that CBS will let Patrick Stewart Dude, be John luc Picard until after he dies. Like, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> So, and
2: especially since he went through a whole thing where he, he was trying, after the end of Next Generation, to distance himself from the Star Trek stuff, um, like, very actively. Yeah. Um, and I know that from, like, some PR stuff that I knew off the side. So, like, you know, the fact that he's, like, swung back around and realized that, like, you don't get away from being, like, a captain of the Enterprise. Nobody gets away from that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure... Going,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like, I, I, and I can understand why he would want to get away I with it you. because he's he's a classically trained actor. Yeah. He wants to he wants to get away from being mm-hmm. a captain of the Enterprise, so he goes and becomes Professor Xavier. Like, that's that's right. a very logical step. Like, you want to go ahead and get away from one iconic sci-fi fantasy right. role and you step right into another, another one. one yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's really nice to see that he's uh, that he's leaning just leaning back into the fact like, yes, like I'm a classically Shakespeare, uh, classically trained Shakespearean actor, but these are the rules that people love me for. And I'm going to give my fans what they want. Like that, like from that perspective, like it's pretty cool. Like he understands what he means to people and he's willing to, he's willing to go ahead and give, right. uh, and that, that's, you know, that, that's very generous for someone who could like for all intents and purposes, just retire and never yeah. act again. Right.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, like did was this series like his brainchild or did did they approach him? Like do do we know how uh, how that worked? I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't know. It just
1: it, this is how it happened to me. It just occurred. Like I was chilling on Facebook and all of a sudden a press release hit like comicbooks.net or whatever, and I was like, no, it's not a thing. And then it turned out that it was in fact a thing. And I doubted that it was going to be possible. Like, like literally, I just kept doubting it and doubting it. And now it actually exists. It's it's inconceivable. I never thought in a million years that this type of show would happen. And I kept thinking this is definitely not going to be a thing. And it turns out that it was a thing.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I'm probably going to watch it, and it's probably going to be featured on uh, next month's TG watches. So keep your ears peeled, folks. Uh, so let's move on to the next thing that a bunch of us were interested in: uh, Lock and Key, uh, L O C K E and uh, Key. It is based on a comic book by Joe Hill, who is the son of Stephen King. It is uh, a comic book series that had a humongous cult following. Uh, there was a failed attempt at a uh, at a like an HBO series or a television series. Back in I think 2009 or something like that, Um, I went to Comic Con that year. I saw the pilot episode for it. It looked great, Um, and then it just never got made. Like the pilot was the only thing that that happened. And I thought to myself, like, okay, well, there you go. Like, like that's the last we're ever going to see of Lock and Key. It's just going to be it's going to be another one of those comic book properties that just failed. And all of a sudden. I don't know, like what two, three weeks ago, I see a trailer for, uh, for like for something that looks like Lock and Key. I'm like, nah, like this can't be it. And then I saw the logo, and I'm subsequently just freaking out <laughs> and, because I thought like this pilot has been lost, uh, has been lost to, uh, has been lost to time. I'm, I was never going to see this again, and I'm just, I, I'm over the moon. I cannot. I could not be happier uh, that that I'm finally getting to see this comic book realized. Um, Isabella, you expressed some interest in this series. Uh, Were you familiar with the comics? Or did this just kind of catch your eye?
3: So I read the comics a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I had never heard plans to make anything. Actually, I haven't even watched the trailer for this yet, because I just found out from your notes that it was happening. I was like, what?
0: Oh, man.
3: (laughs) I'm like, actually surprised cuz it is very the comic itself is really dark.
0: I mean that that's why so it's exclusive though, right? Like <laughs> they like they can get away with stuff like, you know, Jessica Jones on there. So like like we know that they're willing to go to dark places.
3: I'm I'm a little surprised that your well cuz it seems a little like it's real horror
0: like I, yeah, I know yeah. it's real horror. Like I read the first two volumes of Lock and Key. Like I was, I was scared out of my mind, but I loved them. They were really well constructed. They were like the the art is so compelling. The characters were so rich. Um, the uh, the the concept for like for me not being very well versed in horror, I'll, I'll check that box right there. Uh, but like it seemed very unique and it seemed uh it seemed really intriguing like i didn't want to like i I didn't want to shelve it aside just because i'm not really a horror fan but like like this this series like looked incredible uh looked incredible for the first two trays that i had and like this trailer just like looks amazing like is it like you should absolutely watch as soon as we're done with this phone call it looks great
3: I watched the first couple seconds and just I saw the house yeah, show up and I, I I like had to stop. <laughs> oh yeah. It's very like, very exciting.
0: <laughs> it lo- like it looks like they've captured the mood. It looks like they've captured the ambiance. The, like they like uh, the everything everything that I saw in that trailer validated to me like I have been waiting ten years for this show that I thought was never going to come here and like and it looks like like Godot has finally arrived. Like like this this feels like it's gonna be so validating. I can't wait. Okay. Uh, We'll
3: we'll both be scared out of our minds together. Oh yeah. I'm also not a horror person, but I'm gonna watch it anyway
0: oh yeah it's gonna it's gonna be wonderful so uh so i'm gonna be spending most of february not sleeping um but uh regina i know you're gonna be spending most of february watching uh lord of the rings like didn't they already make these movies why are they making them again
2: um because they can because it was ten years ago, <laughs> more than ten years ago.
0: <laughs> oh man, I forgot about that.
2: <laughs> that we're old.
0: <laughs> so it was
2: more like fifteen years ago, I know. isn't it? I you know, you let me embellish.
1: It
0: was mad years
1: ago, guys. It, it was definitely mad years
0: okay. ago. Okay, so so, uh, so when we put these things on the Google document, this is literally the first that I've heard of it. Uh, so like explain to me what this is and like where it's coming and like I, I don't understand.
2: I didn't put it on the document. I know it's coming, but I know nothing about it. So Oh, I thought Steven. that you put it on. Nope, Stephen had it. Nope. Ah yep.
1: um, actually, I can't wait. Get my own notes. <laughs> it was Izzy, but I'm I got her back.
2: <laughs> it was Izzy.
1: <laughs> so is so not the Izzy? I are the tag team coming out of nowhere.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But I actually don't know that much about it either because I've been trying not to get my hopes up that it's not going to suck because it's Amazon.
1: So do you want me to, let me paint you a picture. Yes, please. Let me me paint you a picture. So, um, Lord of the Rings is a incredibly popular property, right? Um, and so Amazon chasing after the um the big win that game that was Game of Thrones, right? Um everybody started chasing after f- famous book series. That's just what happened, right? So um they so somebody got Wheel of Time and Amazon got Lord of the Rings. And so this is a um <coughs> excuse me. This is set in between the Hobbit and the um the Return and the Fellowship of the Ring so it's like in that in-between space um it is um and we don't know we don't really know a lot of details about it but you know outside of kind of when it is set I'm and they really haven't shown us a lot other than some of the cast members, Um, and I've also been kind of media blackouting on this one. What I do know is the budget on this thing is absolutely a bonkers. So they're putting the dollars in to try and make this thing happen. So um, I I can't get mad. (laughs) I'm just super excited. The key, the one thing is, I think both Izzy and I put this down, not knowing that you were focusing on things that came out this that we're coming out in the next month because this is definitely yeah. not coming out right away this is a down the line thing but oh, okay. um yeah so th- that's another reason why you haven't really heard of it because there's no marketing for it yet but this that's is true. a very very big deal
0: okay sounds good all right well we're probably going to hear more about that later on this year so yeah uh, let's move on because we're kind of on a time crunch uh so clone wars season seven uh izzy when's that coming out
3: She's still to be determined. <laughs> still to be determined. Okay, but, but they finally released a trailer for it.
0: Oh, okay. And
3: it looks amazing, and I may have almost cried. So, oh man, there we go. And, and that's because be Ahsoka a- finally gets her story.
0: Oh, fantastic! Oh, oh yeah, she, yeah, because she, uh right. She ended up having like an ambiguous fate at the end of uh, the end of the original series, right?
3: She. It's not really a spoiler. She leaves the order Mm -hmm. and then we don't see her again. And she was supposed to get like a wrap up in the season, the last season that never happened. Okay. You're finally
0: getting that season.
3: They (laughs) plotted it out and now they're finally getting the season. So I'm very excited.
0: And I'm assuming that this is going to be a uh, Disney plus exclusive. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, looking forward to it. So, uh, two things that are coming out relatively shortly, uh, February 7th, uh, that's when Lock and Key comes out, but it's also the debut of a movie that I have a lot of feelings about. Uh, this is Birds of Prey, parentheses, (laughs) not subtitled, parentheses. Birds of Prey, parentheses, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Why is this movie being made? Why am I gonna be forced to watch this? I'm not actually gonna be forced to watch it, but my girlfriend's gonna go watch it, so I'm gonna go with her. Um and like why why does this movie need to be made? Like this like dear readers, like I I have been heavily involved with roller derby for the last like seven, eight years of my life. There is gonna be roller derby in this movie. You would think that I would be excited because I talk literally nonstop about roller derby. I could not be less excited about this movie. This looks like it's going to be hot garbage. It looks like it is going to be trash. It's just it's going to be Harley Quinn and Friends the movie. And that is not what Birds of Prey is. That is not what Birds of Prey has ever been and I don't understand why they're making this. Cuz as anybody else see the trailer can anybody else validate my rage?
1: Um I'm not going to validate your rage. Ugh.
2: And I haven't seen the trailer.
1: Um <laughs> Thank you Regina. It's it <laughs> How Harley Quinn's the hot thing, and you can't make a DC movie that's not a Justice League movie without Harley Quinn in it, period. So, I mean, they were gonna make a Birds of Prey movie, and they were like, well, let's just find a way to put Harley Quinn in it. And so, they literally did it by just putting a subtitle, like, by putting things in parentheses. Like, it could not literally, it, like, it couldn't be any more of a, yeah, I guess we gotta do this.
0: I mean... Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, like, I hate that I have to say this, like, Academy Award-winning movie, Suicide Squad. I have to say it's an Academy <laughs> Award-winning movie because they won for freaking makeup. It's technically an award-winning movie. Like, that movie was absolute garbage. It bombed in the box office. It bombed with critics. It bombed with fans. And, the
2: Oscars and, are garbage. Sorry.
0: I mean, yeah, the Oscars <laughs> are also garbage. Let's be real here. You know, yes. Um but like they're going and they're putting like the best part of that movie which wasn't even that great into another movie and it's just i it, this is everything wrong with cinema i'm going to go watch this and i'm going to be angry about it the entire time and uh, you're gonna, like Regina, you're going to get a lot of angry texts from me that day it's i am awesome. do it
2: i want to i want to follow i want to live i wouldn't even mind if you live tweeted on our uh uh geek embassy <laughs> twitter if you wanted to
0: Oh, I might. I just might. All right, anyways, so that's enough of that. I'm just going to get more and more angry about this. Uh, Steven, uh, you're here to close it out, all right? I've taken a flyer on this one because this is not this is not something that I think that we would normally talk about here on The Geek Embassy, but you seem really excited. Fast
1: 9? Okay, no, here's what I'm going to say to you right now. Fast 9 is – and F- Fast 9 and its other eight movies – is something that the Geek Embassy should look at because Fast and the Furious started as a movie about street racers and it is now the Race Car Avengers. <laughs> Okay,
0: um, that's a sentence that I was not expecting you to say. <laughs> it is the
1: literal race car Avengers. Let me oh. let me paint a picture for you. Oh. Now, this past, I think it was it was the weekend before or after Easter. I'm not sure. I spent some time with my family, and we um <laughs> this it just gets stupider and stupider, guys. We watched all of them. Fast Furious, yeah. Fast and Furious one through eight in a row, including, in a row.
0: including Hobbs and Shaw.
1: Um, Hobbs and Shaw hadn't come out yet. We later watched that in the theaters. Okay. Um, so we watched them all in a row over the course of one weekend. Okay. Now, what's interesting about doing that, right, is that it really does a hundred percent. Um. Like it becomes this like weird trippy experience where it they go from plucky like street racers you know kind of ch- to legitimately <laughs> the the race car Avengers. So um it starts where it's cool you know there's Nas and there's, you know there's guys and there's racing and it's crazy. I sh- I kid you not, at some point during like I think it's Fast Five. Vin Diesel dual-wields giant wrenches. Fights <laughs> Jason Statham as a British like soup like green beret tactical agent fights him dual-wielding wrenches and then at one point they fight to a standstill which whatever that's fine I can get over it. Stomps his foot and collapses up a- parking garage okay and then proceeds to get into his car and i don't care if i'm spoiling this it's okay watch it anyway proceeds to get into his car not just any car but the car his charger and speeds through to get out of this collapsing parking garage and does so and then not only does that happen but jason statham's character turns face now is it weird that he does that Am I spoiling it? Of course I am. Does that make it not worth watching? Of course you need to watch it because it is the 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 the, the opening of this movie. The very opening scene is Paul Walker, may he rest in peace, speeding in his really cool green's car and almost spinning out. And the tension was whether or not he would spin out and like go over like an edge, right, and like a ravine. The moment of tension in Fast Eight was ludicrous driving <laughs> like, like,
0: ludicrous a t- the person or just like no. it was ludicrous
1: <laughs> no, no, no 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 ludicrous the rapper who plays a guy but I swear to god if you watch Fast and the Furious your head cannon must be that that is ludicrous okay because it makes it so much better because lud- we'll talk about ludicrous in a minute I don't wanna, I don't want to stop the ten- the moment of tension is ludicrous driving a tank on a frozen lake Trying to stop a nuclear submarine.
0: I'm from sorry. Shooting
1: what? A, <laughs> I said a nuclear submarine. A tank. Shooting
0: a, he's a tank, tank on a.
1: Yeah, with the rock. By the way, who's with also the rock. there? Of and, course, because of course he's there. Why wouldn't he be? And and the way they fix all this is that she has a heat-seeking a heat seeking torpedo that is going to blow that, – that it's just all – and so there's a heat-seeking torpedo, so obviously the Dodge Charger that shoots flames out the back is used to make the torpedo from the nuclear sub follow him so that he can – Vin Diesel driving this – so that he can move it off course. And that happened in Fast 8. So now we're going to have Fast 9. Okay? So – the, this is 100%. like Anyone who thinks that this is just a stupid race car movie, you need to understand that this has warped into the race car Avengers. Now, let's talk about Ludacris for a minute, okay? Ludacris <laughs> starts right. as a dude who owns a car shop. He's a repairman who happens to be well, well off. Ladies like him. And he has connections and knows people. Eventually, he basically becomes Q. Okay. Because in, like, Fast Five, he's, like, making them special equipment and modifying their cars. And he made them, like, pneumatic rocket – like, grappling hook launchers so that they could – it's insane, okay?
0: I mean – And in
1: Fast Five, Gal Gadot's in it. So if you want more Gal Gadot, she's in it as, like, a crazy secret – like, she does spy stuff. I don't really know. So – so That's this, so Fast Fast Nine the movie is not coming out until later. It's coming out in like May. However, I mean, this Friday today was the teaser trailer for the trailer that drops on Friday. So what I'm going to be hype about is I watched a minute of Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez having emotions, <laughs> and then on Friday you are going to get the actual trailer for Fast Nine, and I'm guaranteeing. Everyone in this chat, in this in this uh, Skype chat, and everyone listening to this podcast, you are going to hear me pop off like I was at a pro wrestling event, and everything went crazy because I thought these movies were dumb. I did not want to see them, and then I watched them all in a row, and now I am I will never miss another Fast and the Furious movie again. And they are legit superhero movies. They're just not about comic book characters,
0: like. I rest my face. I, I, I hear everything wow. that you're saying. Like I have, I have watched movies with 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 Bucky Barnes holding a raccoon that's holding a machine gun, gunned down a CGI army, and also watched a movie where Captain America picked up Thor's hammer and uppercutted Grimace in the face. And, and those both seem less ridiculous than literally everything that you described. You have to, and and that's
1: <laughs> that is. You are absolutely correct. You go to the Fast and the Furious movies and you embrace the absurdity of the race car Avengers. And the reality is, from an, a, from, like, from an action movie perspective, if we just – they are the, – the production values are great. Because the, the reality is, business-wise, these movies make a ton of money. Like, Hobbs and Shaw made a billion dollars. <laughs> like, these movies make a ton of money. So they put the money in. Like, the villain for Fast 8 with Charlize Theron. Who is, by the way, really good as a crazy chick. In case any of you guys were curious. So, it is... So, anyway. Fast 9. I will, I'm will. going to be watching this trailer. And people are going to see me lose my mind.
0: Okay. Sounds in
1: good. real time on Friday. I, I will so-
3: add... That I have been a fan of these movies since the beginning of time, <laughs> and I feel very validated right now. <laughs> <laughs> I second and, everything dude to say.
1: <laughs> am I wrong with the race car Avengers thing, Izzy?
3: No, that is the perfect explanation of these movies.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, And it's only so. going to get more stupid, Daz. That's what's so great, is that at this point, I have no idea what they're going to do next. But it's going to be
0: awesome. I mean, that sounds like that's you know that's the point of a franchise. But, anyways, before we get uh, too furious about this, you see what uh-uh. I did there. <laughs> <laughs> been, I'll, allow I'll allow it. Before we get too furious about this, we are going to have to wrap up because that is the end of our show. Uh, I'd like to thank. All of my co-hosts this evening for for joining me on this on this call and for recording this podcast. I'd like to thank all of you, our listeners, uh, the TGE faithful. Please uh, like, favorite, share, subscribe to everything social that tells people uh, that we exist. We're going to have all of our uh, Twitter bios and things like that in the in the show notes. Please you know, come visit TheGeekEmbassy.com. We're on Twitter at the Geek Embassy and Instagram at the Geek Embassy. And uh, yeah, until next time, get your geek on. Good night, everybody. We are when are we recording now? Are we live now?
2: Yes, you should be able to see at the top. It should say, Regina, Regina is recording this call.
0: Oh, hey! Look at that. It says Regina is recording this call. It does. Hooray! Which is good. (laughs) Maybe maybe you can edit that to the end and have it be a funny outtake.